Welcome to Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. This is the place to hear real and raw conversations about what it takes for female entrepreneurs to achieve financial success and live a rich life. I'm Vanessa Shaw, author of The Million Dollar Question and your hostess for this podcast. Hello and welcome. Vanessa here, host of Get Rich Without Being a Bitch podcast, and I'm super, super excited about my guest here who's with me today. M. Shannon Hernandez is the founder and CEO of the Joyful Business Revolution, works with coaches and consultants to help them, frankly, just live a more joyful life and a more joy, I'm going to call it fueled business. Um, Shannon, you and I have probably known each other now, I think for about a year or so, we've kind of been in, in similar circles. Welcome and just dive in. What's, what's the joy? What's all about joy? Thanks for having me, Vanessa. Super excited to be here. Um, you know, today, today's joy, we talk about joy, is uh, four-day work weeks, maybe less. And it's uh, Friday when we're gathering today. And so the sun is shining finally in New Jersey. And I'm going to go outside at 70 degrees after this, this recording. And I'm going to walk along the water and just take in nature. And that is the joyful side of my business today and my life. What brought you to this? I'm curious because I'm guessing that life wasn't always this way. <laughs> well, I used to be a teacher. So let's just start there. Let's start there. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, I love teaching. It's a big part of what I do here at Joyful Business Revolution. But um, the school system was slowly eroding away my uh, hope in humanity and being able to change the world um, through education, at least in the capacity in which I was in. And um, I woke up one day and I was writing in my journal and I closed my journal and I came back the next day and there was a line that changed everything. And it said, and it makes me cry every time I deserve to be happy again. Mm. And that was the moment, um, 10 years ago that I said, Whoa, I got to come out of robot mode and find my joy and see what this next version of my life looks like, because I'm not doing this. Like I am not going to be not happy. I'm put on this earth to do joyful, happy things. And that was the transition of coming out of teaching in Harlem, New York City, um, and starting my own business. Wow. I think we all have those moments, right? It's kind of like that line in the sand. I mean, sometimes it's rock bottom. Sometimes it's a line in the sand. Sometimes it's just as you said, a quote that inspires us, or we we inspire ourselves, right, into a different different way of being. You know, when we were prepping, uh, you know, for this podcast, there were kind of like several things we were talking about in terms of like the new direction that your business is taking. And I think this is just a really important conversation for our listeners because our listeners are going to be a lot of women-owned businesses. And um, our, you know, as we evolve as business owners, the direction that we take our business or the new depths at times that we take our business are also going to evolve right with us. Um, so what is this, the, the new iteration of your business and what you're really feeling called to do or to do more of in the world? Mm. So um, 
Oh, there's like so many layers to this. I did a, every morning I get up and I journal and today's the journal prompt was, um, I had to laugh at the book that had the prompts in it. It said, what is one vision you have? And I was like, one. And I wrote and I wrote, it was like three pages long when I was done. Um, But the vision we have here at Joyful Business Revolution is like maybe multifaceted. One, we are reaching more coaches and consultants and able to help them get back to joy in their marketing and their selling and in their business growth. So that's like the fundamental piece. But two, we're helping women understand how to be profitable from the very beginning with the intention of being able to be a humanitarian or to give back to causes that they really love or to hire teams so they don't have to do it all. And then the team has a livelihood, you know, because we're providing for them. Um, And so that's really what we're being called to do in the new direction of the business. Uh, is really help people understand profits for purpose and how to do that now instead of the conversation that we hear a lot, which is, well, I'll donate when, you know, Mm -hmm. when I get to whatever that thing is that they've kind of defined. Yeah. I mean, it is fascinating, isn't it? And again, I, I just think it's a really curious conversation because we're so conditioned to kind of like do the work first and then think that all of these things are coming afterwards. And I know that you and I are very similar in that respect. It's like, no, let's figure it out first. It needs to, these things actually need to be prerequisites for success. It's not going to happen later on down the line. It's like, let's reverse engineer things so that they happen now. And even the fact of joyful work. I remember um, growing up and having a conversation. It would have been with my stepfather, who was, you know, he was a doctor, a very successful doctor and also a pretty serious doctor. <laughs> and uh, I do remember, and this, we're going back probably about two decades when I was probably first kind of entering the coaching profession. And for me, it was very much about, now I want to do positive work in the world. I want to feel happy um, and fulfilled would have been, you know, sort of the words that I would have used at that time. And he was almost scoffing at me as if like, it just, as if like, what I was going for was being, you know, very evangelical, um, very idealistic, kind of like almost like, sweetheart, that's not the way the world works. Yeah. And I realized back then, Shannon, you know, that wasn't the way that his world worked um, for whatever reason, but that was most definitely the way my world was working. Yeah. And I'm curious in terms of like even your kind of upbringing, you know, especially around joy and success and now profits with a purpose you know is this aligned with your you know how you grew up does this you know or is this completely the opposite so my dad and your stepdad would have been great buddies who sat around and probably talked about glasses being half empty <laughs> and and the world the the world view was doomed this was my experience everything was doomed Nothing was happy. We didn't even, we weren't even really allowed to talk about um, feelings. And I've actually been courageous enough now to have these conversations with my parents who are both still alive. Um, and it's taken years of therapy to unravel. Like why, why didn't, why didn't I feel joy 
or why didn't I feel anger or why didn't I feel all these things? And Mm. when when I look back at my childhood, we weren't allowed to have feelings. And Mm. even to this day, just trying to have conversations with my, my parents, like, well, how do you feel about that? They, they are so uncomfortable with that question and they don't ever answer it. They'll go to think, or they'll go to some rational, logical place that can be figured out right from point A to point B. And so there wasn't a lot of joy. Um, I I mean, I didn't know as a child, there wasn't joy. There was, Mm. we weren't abused. There was nothing wrong, but joy just wasn't part of the conversation. And you couple that with, you know, my mom was a nurse. My dad was a state trooper and a police sergeant. They were in careers that demanded a lot of them. Right. And they probably had to turn emotions off just to function Mm. in those situations. And so it just kind of carried over to home. So um, I would say my personal joy journey, that's what I call it, really started, um, you know, I mean, like you, I was a child and I was determined for it not to be like that. And Mm. I didn't know what that was, but I just knew it was going to be different. I just wanted it to feel different than that. And so probably from about age seven onward, (laughs) I have been the, I call it not the black sheep, but like the sheep that ran away from the family. Like (laughs) I ran away. Nobody knows what the hell Shannon's doing anymore. And they're all like, she's just like in her own little bubble, building her own little universe. And they're kind of okay with it now, but it's also really very elusive to them. They don't really yeah. understand this joy journey. If you yeah, I, I you know there's there's so many similarities actually. As, you, as you're saying, this is you know it's taking me back on my own journey because I probably was you know seven nine ish somewhere around then when again that recollection of hmm. I I just feel like the world works differently. And my feeling was a world from inside, of course, at that point. And then I could kind of see like things, things didn't work the same for everybody. Right. And, and yet there was this, but I'm in this family. And then my parents would actually split up. They were divorced when I was 11. So there was a lot of stress, a lot of stress and a lot of conflict in my world growing up. And it probably took me, again, similar to you, this notion of that's not what I want. I want something different. I don't know what the different is. And I certainly wouldn't have been able to articulate it. And my journey would have started at 23 when I drove myself to Switzerland. And I landed, that's when I landed my, you know, my job in the UN Um, and I, you know, I went there for three months and I stayed for 21 years and I never, I never went back, but that was really the starting point of my journey of literally moving to another country, creating the, a a new life for myself, very much kind of on my terms. Um, and of course, you know, I mean, we're now talking, I just had a birthday, so we're a little bit over 30 years on, from Happy that birthday. Mo- right thank you 30 years on from that moment um and again it, it is interesting isn't it when we kind of track back to that family of origin and those experiences and how they can inform the work that we're wanting to put out in the world today and i know that that's something that you also have been sharing with your community and your people is like really being intentional 
about the kind of legacy work or the body of work that you want to be developing that's going to really have a bigger impact and you know exist beyond you so can you kind of share a little bit more about that and how I always have to be the practical Shannon as well it's kind of like how does somebody even start to access what that could be for themselves yeah well those are beautiful questions so the body of work you know, outside of the coaching and consulting that I'm really working on is I have a book coming out called Practical Joy, and it's to help women get back to really understanding first, the difference between happiness and joy, because it's very misunderstood. And secondly, how do we have more joy on a daily basis? Because a lot of people will store up, I call it the store up moments until you get to Maui or until you get to Switzerland Mm -hmm. or until whatever, but that's actually happy because happy is determined by an emotion that is caused by an external event or a person or a thought. Whereas joy is a baseline of you deciding how you're going to live. And so we talk in my community a lot about living above the joy line and below the joy line, but Mm. you got to know where your line is in all things. Right. So that's the body of work that I'm working on currently. And, you know, who better to be the joy ambassador of the world than me? Like, seriously, I woke up one day and I was like, maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Like, maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I don't know if I can can say and, and share, well, this is how I knew I was supposed to be doing it. But it was just this feeling like we talked about mm. before where, where I kept saying, gosh, there's no one talking about joy in a really practical, accessible way. Mm. Like, There's a lot of people who say you can have joy by, you know, knowing God and being religious. That's not my path. There's a lot of people who say you can do it by sitting in meditation. I hate meditation. I'm way too active for it, right? But there was nobody talking about, well, what if me just getting up in the morning with my cup of coffee and watching a sunrise was the most joyful, spiritually joy-fueled thing that I could do in my life Mm. in that moment? And I started really thinking about that and journaling about it. So... Um, I would say that practically people, you know, the listeners should think about like, what is in your heart to share? And that may be a thread to your body of work and Mm -hmm. something you can kind of, you know, get curious about. I love that. You know, again, you know, as you say, coming back to your heart, not the head, right? (laughs) Back to emotions and desires, not the rational thoughts, because let's face it, if we if we tune in too much up here, we can quickly talk ourselves out yes. of that, right? Or the question of who am I to be? Who am I to self-declare myself as the global joy ambassador? Well, who are you not? Well, believe be? me, I did have those thoughts. And I'm then, sure you did. <laughs> and then guess what I said? I did my own mindset work. Um, goodbye. I am. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. You said something that I think could be really interesting. Um, let's dig in there deeper. The joy, the below or above. I think I did that wrong with my hands there. Above or below, right? The joy, the joyful line. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that and how does somebody, because I'm guessing it's different for everybody. And yeah. again, what are clues of being above? What are clues for being below? Sure. So I think the very first thing that everyone has to understand is my joy is different than Vanessa's and Vanessa's is different than you as a listener. And so 
how do you know where your joy line is, right? If we're going to live above the joy line or below the joy line, we got to make the baseline and the baseline is very personal. And so we take women through a beautiful process in our joy money retreat where they actually define their joy line. And the very first and fastest way for anyone to figure this out is to grab a piece of paper, write a question on the left and a question on the right. And then we're going to compare the similarities. Okay. So this is how do you get to your joy is you look at your lifestyle values and what you value right now. All right. So on the left, the question becomes, what do you always find the time for? And on the right, the question becomes, what do you always find the money for? Mm. And you spend a little time and you make your list and you're going to see some crossover there. All right. So let's have fun, Vanessa, just for a minute. And let me just ask you, what do you always find the time for no matter what is going on in your world? There's a chaos or a family, whatever. What do you always find the time for? Tennis. Okay. Tennis. What else? Getting out in nature. Um, My client work, by the way, which brings me a lot of joy. Yep. Um, Time with my husband. Time with close friends. And your dog. Uh, I, exactly. I was going to say my kids, my dogs. They've already had their walk this morning before we got on the podcast. Yeah. Um, time to cook, you know, a nice, lovely, healthy meal. Yes. Okay, cool. We'll stop there. But people get the idea. All right. Let's go to the other side. What do you always find the money for? No matter what, you're going to find the money for it. So again, those are going to be very similar, right? So again, yes, I'll find the money for healthy food. I'll find the money to invest in like currently in my tennis game, right? Um, and cute little tennis clothes as well, by the way, because that's part of the fun uh, for me, for me, right, of, of tennis. Um, I will always find the, the money to invest in a mentor or coach, right, for the next level of my business. Always have done from day one. Um, I will, again, always find the, you know, travel is a big piece of ours. We, you know, we, we are traveling a more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And again, I'll always make that happen. Yeah. Okay, good. So what I have here is your list, the left and the right, and I'm going to look at it. And of course, if we had more time, we would go deeper into this. Yeah. But what I see across if we found a theme, a lifestyle theme, that's really important to you right now is healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So probably we could group this. If we went further, it would be body, mind, spiritual, like wellness Mm -hmm. in terms of that. Okay. Another thing I see is travel. And I know this about you. You love to travel. Um, you're probably a foodie or a wine lover or something. Usually right along with that. So here's what's important about this is once we know the lifestyle values, we start filtering every single decision through the values. And this is like decision making supercharged. You know, there's a lot of times that we are like, oh, I don't know if I run it through your values. That's what we say, like run it through your values and you'll get the answer rather quickly. The thing to remember is that your lifestyle values change as you change. So this isn't like you do it one time and then, you know, you're good. And this is why we have people that continue to come work with us and check in with their joy. Because if you have kids at home, 
you have very different lifestyle values at that time of your life than when the kids leave. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And then for those of us that are getting older, we have now parents that have challenges. So now we have lifestyle values that might revolve around caring for parents or whatever that may look like. And so this is how you find the baseline of your joy is if I said to Vanessa, hey, Vanessa, I called you up one day. Vanessa, would you like to go running with me in a park? What would your answer be? Running would be <laughs> Okay, but what might you say to me? But I might say, hey, I'd love to go for a good power walk in a park with you. Okay, beautiful. Vanessa, how do you feel about me and you getting on a plane and going to Hawaii for 30 days? Um, you and me personally. So again, this is kind of interesting because then that would be a love the idea of Maui. Yep. Like my husband and family are like the people that I travel with. Yep. Right. So, so I, that's what's really important. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave my husband for 30 days. Yeah. Good. See, because this is your value, right? Yes. This is, this is your value. And you know, what's so beautiful about this, Vanessa, is we have, we have, um, helped like about 150 women now go through this process. They take their joy money board home and their, their, their spouses are looking at above the line, below the line, their kids. And they're all starting to talk the language of joy and nobody's wrong. Mm. The communication is around, well, my joy is this. And the child says, well, my joy is this. And then they say, well, what can we find that matches that's in the middle or, or how can we spend some family time together? Or how can we have more, you know, my spouse and I have been through big transition over the last three years. And so coming back to our joy line was super important and being able to find the things that we could spend time together in the joy for both of us. It has been revolutionary for people mm. to understand joy on this kind of above the line, below the line. I love, I mean, I love that concept. And as you say, right, is that it's the nuances. And I totally agree with you, Shannon. I mean, you know, we're constantly evolving. And as you say, things that brought joy back when are not going to be the same thing. And, and you say different stages, different seasons of our life. Um, you're making, you know, recalling, it was my husband's birthday this week. So we actually, again, went out, not surprising now, to one of my favorite restaurants, one of his favorite restaurants, very European starts, a French restaurant locally here um, with some close friends, right? One of them, you know, is really very close, very close friend of mine and Robert and she get on really, really well as well. But for me and for Robert, because we share that fortunately in our marriage, we love the food, you know, food and wine, great conversation and quality time. So our top love language as well, we share is quality time. Mm -hmm. Hence those things that bring us joy, right? All of those things that kind of come together. And one of my uh, friends at the table, just it, she did this lovely like little ceremony at the end before we all said, said goodbye. And she said, before we say good, but goodbye, let's all share one thing that we all really love and appreciate about Robert and what he brings mm -hmm. for us, right? And she was going to start with me. And she said, no, 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 we're not starting with you. You're the wife. <laughs> we'll go with, and I said, that's probably a good thing. And we started with every, everybody else and kind of went around the circle. Hey, it was just such a lovely process because I had never heard my friends talk about like the man of my life in such a way and kind of what brought them joy 
right, through this relationship. So that was just very joy kind of fueling for me. And one of the things that I shared, um, I shared two things, um, one of which one of them made me cry and made, I think everyone else cry at the table. But the first one was, and this has been, Robert and I, Robert's been in my life now for nearly 30 years, was the fact that Robert makes me laugh. Mm. Right? So that for me is just brings so much joy. I mean, he actively makes me laugh and he always has done. And it's such a bond and it can be just so silly. And it can also be just at the craziest moments. Like there's sometimes, I mean, you know, when you've been with a spouse for a long time, you kind of wake up in the middle of the night at the same time and mm-hmm. you kind of reach, might reach over and kind of go, are you awake? No, no, I'm not awake. No, I'm not awake. You know, you're, I'm asleep. Leave me alone. But there are times when he's literally had me laughing out loud at like two o'clock in the morning. That's a beautiful thing. And it's really a beautiful thing, right? It's really a beautiful thing. And that brings so much joy as well. So I'm kind of digressing, but it was just in this whole, like, how do we keep instilling joy? Um, For me, part of that was recalling again, reliving those things that bring us joy, right? Even talking about them and those moments of laughter and like re-engaging with them and making it even more intentional, like to share with Robert that I just love this so much about you that this is a level of joy that you really, really bring to me. And it's that laughter. And like, and the minute I tell him that, he's like, I've got to do that more. I'm like, please do. Yeah. (laughs) And it's beautiful, right? If people... So if spouses, clients, team, whatever, this, this body of work transcends all the relationships. If people don't know when you, what you appreciate about them, like granular like that, or what they do that brings you joy, we don't give them the opportunity to be like joy givers in our lives. And that's been a really fun thing to really explore too with business owners who are growing teams is putting the whole team through joy money, um, the joy money process. Because what we find is like, you know, if you got five people there and you look below the joy line and you see all the stuff they're doing, they don't like pretty soon. Someone says, well, I like that. What if I did this and you did this? And now we just naturally like elevate the whole organization. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Because again, it's, it's energy, right? At the end of the day, I mean, let's face it, it is. It's like those things, you know, I love it when somebody's a spreadsheet geek, right? I appreciate when they put them together for me and give me all that data, but I am not the one to create them. But mm-hmm. somebody else that's like, no, let me get there. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to format this for you, Vanessa. You know, I'll color code it. I'll do this. I'll do I'm like, oh, this is wonderful, right? I really appreciate that not my thing for me to do. It's going to be hugely energy draining. Let's just switch to, because I think this again, and really other important conversation is the whole notion of building a business uh, to give back. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, what's your, you know, what's your take on that and kind of, and why, why, why is it even important? Yeah. Well, I'm going to be honest. When I first started my business, I, came out of teaching, right? I never had a business, anything. We, I, I somehow by seven months in, I hit six figures, which is amazing. Now that I know that that's not what happens, I know that's amazing, but I didn't know at the time I was just doing what I thought I should be doing. It worked, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. 
as a teacher, I always say I didn't have time and I didn't have money. And at the end, I didn't have joy. So when I started building my business early on, giving back wasn't part of my thing that I was thinking about because what I really needed to take care of was replenishing a savings account. Mm -hmm. I needed to take care of myself because as a teacher, man, I was taking care of 90 people a day other than me. Right. So I, I started doing things like massages and therapy and getting my body and myself back to center because my nervous system was completely shocked after 15 years in, in a classroom and and the last five in Harlem, it was just Mm. shocked. Um, so it was interesting because early on the money and the joy connection was how can I make the money to make me more joyful? And I don't have a problem saying that because there's, I think a lot of people may think, well, that's selfish, but if you're not taking care of yourself first, how can you give to other people? Totally. Yeah. So early on, I wasn't thinking about give back, but as my business grew, I started thinking, gosh, I'm hiring team and now I'm giving them money for what they're good at. And they're able to raise their families or send their families to private school, whatever they wanted to do that brought them joy, right? Like I'm not connected to what they do with the money that I pay them. Um, And then when I had the team in place, I started thinking, gosh, now I have money for me. I'm taken care of. I've got a team and they're taken care of, and I still am making money. Now, how can I use that money to like circulate the wealth, if you will, the wealth consciousness of the planet. And that is where it got really fun for me, but I want to be completely transparent. I was making maybe 150,000 when that came. It's not because I hit a million dollars or I hit 500,000, but because early on, I realized if my mind is right and I'm serving people, I'm going to make money. Mm -hmm. And I now have a responsibility because that's what I wanted was to use my business to fund things that were important to me that would make the world a more joyful place. And Mm. so that's kind of the evolution that happened. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's such an important conversation, especially again, you and I both work with, right, primarily women, right? Amazing women. And there is no doubt about it that women are naturally more nurturing more generous when it comes to philanthropy and um did you not did you like how I slipped that word in Shannon because you and I were laughing she says if we're going to use that word you say it I'm not going to because I I put in an extra syllable (laughs) this is why I said um the other humanitarian yes humanitarian (laughs) she stole my words this is why we're laughing about this because it's like it's a joy conversation (laughs) but women are naturally more philanthropic right, than than our male counterparts, and we give back. And I know that whenever I have asked the question of women, of if you had more, would you want to give back more, pay more forwards, whatever, be more generous, 100% of the time, the hands have always gone up and said yes. Mm -hmm. Now, something that I was kind of diving into recently, which was and honestly, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my questions come from my own kind of introspection, you know, self-study first, like really going deeper with myself first before I start to, you know, raise these questions with clients and like test them. But I, I 
stumbled across a body of work. Unfortunately, I don't, I was trying to find the source of it and I can't find the source of it. If I do, I'll put it on the show notes, but for whatever it was, I couldn't find it. But there's also something that is a little dysfunctional with women wanting to give back. And I started to realize that a lot of what my early days of this kind of desire to give back was actually coming from a dysfunctional place. So I had to be really honest about that in me. And it was to do with really shooting on myself. And what a lot of women have grown up with is that it's selfish to take care of our own needs. It's selfish to put ourselves first. And we, what is far more honorable and what we are validated for is almost going into that land of martyrdom, right? Mm -hmm. Work hard, become a martyr, give very little to yourself, but give to others, right? And again, through that path of philanthropy, where we can really kind of, you know, almost stand on stages and kind of you know, say, hey, look at what I'm doing. Look at who I'm giving back to. I'm keeping none of it for myself. I'm working this hard for these other causes. And I certainly realized that there was a part of part of that inside of me that was being driven by that. Because in, again, those early days, probably if I go back to my family of origin, was validated for that. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've seen, that's why I love, I actually really love the fact that you've just shared really honestly that that first place of giving was to you, right? It was getting you back to center because the reality is we can't give from an empty cup Mm -hmm. and we certainly can't give very generously even from a half empty cup or a half full cup, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, And so I know part of my journey as well was a discomfort, a discomfort in receiving more for myself Mm. because of this right disconnect with feeling selfish or feeling greedy or I, you know, I shouldn't want to have that. I shouldn't want to, you know, some of my joy and it still is to this day. And I think it will be probably until my dying day. You know, I have a joy of beautiful shoes. <laughs> I and feel, you rock them too, I might add. By the way, I can't quite rock the ones I used to rock, right? Because it kind of is in conflict with my tennis, right? That's a joy conflict. <laughs> but the truth is, but I used to feel bad for that, right? Mm-hmm. It was, you know, so I think it's really, I love what you said there about the progression of you first, really taking care of ourselves first. You know, we have a kind of very similar, like pay yourself first and pay yourself first isn't just the money piece, right? It is, as you say, it's the joy piece. It's the fulfillment piece, right? It's really taking care of you, whether it's that the sunset, the sunrise. You then said, right, team that's going to support you, right? That's that next ripple, which is also gives back, right? It creates wealth for other people and opportunities. Well, it does two things, right? It it takes care of you, the business owner, and it takes care of them with whatever they're going to do with the money, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. being compensated for their gifts. But it, I, I sometimes call that like, that's the sandwich layer. 
<laughs> that's that middle layer of, you know, we talked yesterday before as we were getting our eyes to get ideas together. And I love that you said that that's actually how you talk about one of the ways of impact Yeah, is, you know, I think we can get all wrapped up in the word impact in this coaching and consulting world as like huge, like impact, impact, impact more, 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 but you are having an impact when you bring on a virtual assistant, when you totally. bring on a housekeeper, when you bring on your lawn and pool person, whoever it is, because you are helping them with their own lifestyle and their own livelihood. Yeah. And I think that's so important to talk about. And in return, they're helping you free up your time, your energy, so you can go do more of what you're being called to do in the world. Yeah. No, I think it's, it is. It's, it's an important shift because it's true that so many people consider impact as in the clients and customers, right, mm-hmm. that you reach. Yes, absolutely. But in order to reach more people, right, we do need to have typically, you know, bigger teams, more support, whether it's in our personal lives, in business. And yes, let's remember all of the opportunities there that we are, you know, creating for those people yeah. as well. Um, so, and I love then the last part that you said was at that point that you were then able to start to really think about what are those, oops, my, my, um, my, my British voice on my iPhone watch is speaking to me, um, that you were able to then think about the, you know, the um, causes, right, that are near and dear to your own heart. And who do you want to be able to contribute to more generously in the world? Yeah. Yeah. And listen, I think one of the things that maybe the listeners might be asking themselves right now is, well, I mean, I I know it's probably a couple of things. Well, how do I choose? So go back to your joy, your lifestyle values, what's important to you. Like that's often a great place to start with organizations, but also how do I get to that place whatever that place is, like, how do I make this part of my business model? So it's not an afterthought, Mm. right? And I think that's a really juicy conversation. We could probably have a whole nother conversation on that, but at least in this brand, how we've always led this is when somebody buys from us X amount, let's say a hundred dollars per thing goes to the joy collective, which is an organization we support in Uganda. Right. Um, And so if you're profitable, women (laughs) up front, you're paying yourself, you're paying your team, you're profitable. And you set those prices with the intention you're going to give from the beginning, build it into the price. So you can give seamlessly as your business grows. And as you bring on clients, that has been like the most joyful thing and revelation for me as a business owner over the last few years is be like, Oh, it's already built in. I'm not having to like go say, where's this money coming from? I just know upfront is part of the business model. Yeah, absolutely. And again, as you say, it's a strategic design, right? Of absolutely. So that you really can make that difference in the world in the way that's important to you. Um, Let's go back to kind of like some of the practical joy. Um, Because I am curious for you, 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 you know, asking me, what are some of the ways you bring practical joy into your daily life? Yeah. So, um, gosh, you know, when I, I think like for all of us, when we're living our body of work, we have to slow down and, and go back and think it like, what did I do before this wasn't the case? Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, one of the things that is, is super compelling that everyone can really start thinking about is 
do you have a AM joy practice or a joy ritual in the morning? And do you have a PM joy ritual or joy practice in the afternoon and, or in the evening, like for a wind down. And this is really um, where we can all start because I mean, I woke up this morning at four 30 and I was laying in bed. And my first thought was like, God, it's 4.30. Like, why am I awake at 4.30? Okay, that lasted like that because I quit doing that to myself. All right, so then I was like, what would bring me joy today? Like, this is the first question I ask myself when I'm super present. And I laid there and I said, okay, today, what would bring me joy is I'm gonna have a cup of coffee and watch the sunrise. So that's, that's an everyday joy practice for me. And then I'm gonna get outside and go running today because I haven't done that for a couple of days. The weather's been pretty bad. And then I'm going to make a hot breakfast and eat it on my Fiesta plate at my table, not at my computer, not with my phone, but like be super present. And so this is how I start every day is mm. what would bring me joy in this moment today. And that's the essence of practical joy, because I could do that even if I'm traveling, I could have a cup of coffee and watch a sunset. I could put on my running shoes and go running, right? So it's finding those rituals that really feed your soul in the morning and set you up for the, just showing up the best you can for your clients and for yourself, I think is, mm. is really where it's at. And then in the afternoon, the question becomes, or in the evening, um, what would bring you joy in the evening? And Vanessa, this is my hardest spot still to this day. Like this is where I struggle with joy the most. Mm. And I know what happens. I wake up early. I go hardcore because that's how I am. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. By six o'clock, the one thing I want to do is nothing. Right. And Maria might want to watch TV. I'm not a TV person. Mm. So that's not joyful. My brain is tired and I don't want to read. My brain is tired and I don't want to paint. Like I go through this many times a week. And so this is like my, my struggle spot, if you will, in the day. Um, so I'm still working on it. It's still like this evolving thing. But when I can be most joyful in the evening, my phone has been shut off by 7.30 and I'm not aimlessly scrolling through social media, <laughs> which yes. by the way, I do, not joyful. <laughs> I do. And it's not joyful. And I still do that shit. Yes. Right. Like I, but I catch myself. I'm like, okay, that's going over there. And last night I, I got, I opened my computer at seven 30. I turned my phone off and I turned on an art thing on, on YouTube. And I said, you know what? You're tired, but you're not ready for bed. Let's just pick up the paint and the paintbrush. And I ended up sitting there for an hour and a half. And it was so mm. joyful. And I was so relaxed. I didn't have to think of it because somebody who was guiding me uh, through yeah. the, whatever we were creating. And that to me was super fun. And then I'm in bed by nine and I'm asleep. My mornings are great. It's the evening ritual that I still struggle with so much. Mm. What I'm hearing here as well is this is a practice, yeah. right? This isn't a this isn't as you say like let's wait till I go on vacation and then I'll experience it right this is about how do we bring this in as a daily practice um and as you say throughout the day 
And, and, and frankly, I love that you're saying, you know, there's a, you've got your weak spot as well, because it's really easy for people to kind of go, yeah, she's got it all figured out and I'm finding this tough. Um, typically speaking, when we're tired, our energy is down, right, is when we're going to be less, less resourceful yes. about these things as well. Um, and then I'm kind of curious as well. So joy, you know, joy really is a practice for you and these kind of simple steps but what about for those moments, Shannon, when joy feels just so elusive, right? Because I kind of want to like, let's, let's poke some holes in this. Yeah. You know, we've all gone through really, really, really tough times mm-hmm. when joy just can feel like so far away. And somebody could be listening to this kind of going, hey, like, I don't even relate to this conversation because I feel so underwater right now. Yeah. What about in those moments? Yeah. Oh, we've all had them. And I know there'll be more. Like, I just know this is the human experience. Um, one of the things I like to say, and honestly, if, if you're listening and you're like, I want joy, but I'm so far away from it, is I like to tell people I know extreme joy because I also know extreme grief. And I've been on that other side. Um And I'm sure I'll be there again. I mean, it just, it's part of life, right? And so one of the the ways that I've tried to find more joy in the moments where I've been depressed or I've been in severe grief um, for months on end, right? Because of just things that were going on is I actually needed to not distract myself. And that used to be how I handled everything. Remember, I grew up without emotions. So distraction Mm. was easy. Mm. Um, so if I would dive into my work and I'm super in grief or super depressed, whenever I come out of work, guess what? It's still there. (laughs) Mm. It's only because you've distracted yourself. And so at the worst times when, you know, my spouse and I have been through a big transition the last three years, um, she has transitioned to a woman. And the first year and a half of that was not joyful at all. It was not joyful. And the best I could do in those times was because one of my values is nature and being outside. I would get outside and I'd walk and I'd cry and I'd walk and I'd cry and I'd walk and I'd cry. And I remember thinking to myself, is this ever going to go away? Like, is this feeling ever going to go away? But it was that little glimmer of hope. But I want everyone to notice what I did was find something on my joy list and at least try it because <laughs> at yeah. least it was better than sitting there sobbing or staring at the ceiling or mindlessly scrolling through social media or whatever was going on there. Right. So that's the best I can say at the moment is you have to know those little moments and pockets that bring you joy. The low energy ones. <laughs> yes. This is not the time to go write a book. It is not the time to go start a podcast. It is not the time to like plan some great big thing. But what is it on that practical level that you can engage in? So you have that at least a moment of joy as you're out and you can listen to the birds or you can look at the flower blooming. And that is really how I how I deal with moments of deep grief or depression. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Because I, I think it is, it's just, it is really important, right? We're all going to have the, say, the human experience. 
And the, the full human experience is a full human experience. Yeah. And there was something I think that was really profound that you said, you know, I, I was saying to you, gosh, yeah, this, it's, this is a practice of joy, right? It's a, a strengthening, building the muscle, identifying perhaps that you even have got the muscle in the first place, mm-hmm. right? You've got the muscle, building it, nurturing it, strengthening it. And then you said, it's about choosing joy. Like joy is a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. And sometimes it's a hard choice. And sometimes it's a choice that doesn't feel like it's a choice. And um, sometimes you may feel like you don't have any choices, but I really think, and not just, I just don't want to say I think, but we've helped, you know, hundreds of people kind of change their thinking around joy with this body of work, all kinds of people, seriously, people that are clinically depressed, people that have bipolar, like I'm not diminishing any of those, but what they've learned is that when you're in that moment, when you can see a little clearly, you can make a choice to choose joy. I'm not saying it's a magic pill. I'm going to change everything, but at least, you know, that you can say, okay, I'm having a moment. I'm going outside for a walk, (laughs) right? I'm having a moment. I'm going to go cook. That's my thing. If I'm stressed out, I go cook for some reason. I I love to chop things and fry things. Yeah. My, my comfort. Right. But what it comes down to Vanessa is we have to know that baseline of what even brings us joy to begin with. Otherwise we don't have anywhere to start from. Yeah. Shannon, this has just been such a great conversation. Really, you know, huge, huge thanks to you today. If people want to get in contact, and we'll make sure that this is in the show notes, but if there was, well, actually, though, if there was, I guess, one piece of joyful advice before we close that you would love to give our listeners, what would it be? I would say rewind. Go listen to Vanessa tell you her things she would spend time and things she would spend money on and do that for yourself because your joy is inside and you already know the answers. That's great advice. And if people want to connect with you, what's the kind of top place that they can find you? Yeah, Um, you can come to my Facebook group, Joyful Business Revolution for Coaches and Consultants. We do amazing things there and build community and we have a lot of joyful fun from my heart to yours my friend have an amazing day thank you for your generosity today um i am headed to the tennis court one of my joy things i'm actually sitting here with my tennis top on so if anyone's noticing and you are about to skedaddle off into nature and get out in the sun and enjoy those 70 degree temperatures so have an amazing day and uh, make it a joyful, joy-fueled one too. Thank you.